Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Rivas, and I'm joined today by my always co-host and the always good-looking Jacob Rude. Jacob, how's it going? I uh, entered the phase of the quarantine where I woke up today and I looked in the mirror and I couldn't even tell what I needed to do to my hair to get it to look normal. Um, it has been going on two months without a haircut. It's, it's getting really bad. Yeah, you know, like my, my parents who I definitely live with have been uh, telling me that I need to get a haircut and it's just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't trust them with like the clippers and, you know, it's just, I, I don't trust my little brother. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough phase for all of us. So like, I, I've just continued playing Animal Crossing and blogging and just ignored, you know, what my hair looks like. Um, I see, I always get a, like a buzz cut. So it, it would be very easy to do it, but I don't trust myself. Um, honestly, when I go home, I always just have my mom do it, but obviously I haven't been home in a while. So, um, I literally just eventually will have to go home and get it cut, but yeah, it, it's rough. Uh, I've been debating getting Animal Crossing. How, how, how do you like it, Christian? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty great game. I, I, I got my Nintendo switch and I play the game and, you know, I give people my friend code to get into my Island and, you know, we just like to go hunt for turnips and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. I am worried if I buy it, that what little productivity I've had will completely go away and I will just lose hours upon hours, just like sitting in bed, playing animal crossing, like searching for things on my island or whatnot i'm terrified of what would happen if i got a switch well you know i i feel that but the good news is is that it couldn't be less productive than our weekly podcast intros where we just talk about nothing related to what we're going to talk <laughs> about for you know two two to five minutes every week before we kind of reveal to people that yes this is a lakers podcast that we host can you dig it i christian rivas host every week with jacob rude um but this week you know, uh, our boss and like, you know, honestly, one of the smartest people that I know, Harrison Fagan, had the idea of ranking, you know, Anthony and Sabrina yesterday, they compared the various Lakers. It is Marvel week at SB Nation and they compared the various Lakers to their Marvel uh, comic book or movie counterparts. And uh, we thought it would be fun or, you know, Harrison thought on Can You Dig It that it would be fun for you and I to break down which villains, you know, uh, Lakers, which villains of the Lakers would compare to which Marvel villains, like which ones would be analogous. So like, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I am pretty proud of my list that I, Christian Rivas, put together. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I had some help just to make sure that uh, all these made sense, but this was way more fun than I thought it would be. I am excited to hear to hear your list and to share mine as well. Okay, well, yeah, the, our, I, I think both of us are pretty into like comic, bu comic books and the MCU, and so uh, this should be pretty great. Um, I, 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 do you wanna just go in the order that we had it in Slack, I guess? Yep, works for me. All right, well then, who did you have for Doc Rivers? I am very curious, I, I mean, I'm curious about all of these, but he's one of the ones that I had the hardest time with finding the counterpart. And just to give the audience like clarity, 
I, um, or listeners or whatever, Clarity, I restricted myself to MCU villains because I felt like that would be like the most relatable to everyone. Yeah, I stayed with that. Um, Doc was definitely the last one I think I did. Yeah, he it, was my second to last one. Yeah, it's it was an odd one. I ended up going with Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, mainly because he thinks quite highly of himself, much like Ego did. And um, I just wanted to throw in the part about how he thinks his starting five with the Celtics never would have lost a game if they were healthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that has to do with Ego. No, it doesn't. I just wanted to <laughs> I joke on him again. No, All right, so, no, but, no, no, no. I respect it. You had to get that in there. Uh, that is one of the core tenets of um kind of my like you know what I ended up putting down for Doc Rivers I ended up going with Baron Zemo uh because he acts like at the end of Civil War that he accomplished this brilliant feat in put pitting the heroes against each other and like then you know it's kind of seems like it but then those actions are undone like immediately in the next movie when all of those heroes are back together and it really just doesn't seem like it ends up having that much historical impact just because of how much worse everything that Thanos does like a year later is um and so like you know ultimately like like Doc like he talked himself up like he was this like historic powerhouse or whatever when really he didn't make that much of a dent like when they write the history books Baron Zemo is going to be a footnote like before the chapter on Thanos wiping out half of all life yeah I mean I think the basics are the same for our choices in that he thought really highly of himself um yeah and thought that he was a really big deal I guess it's I mean, kind of like the 08 Celtics. Like, the, like they talk about themselves. Like, this, they're this, this, like, historic, legendary powerhouse super team when, like, they only won one championship, so. I guess with, uh, with mine, like, Doc now is, like, largely okay. Like, I've grown to, like, not hate him. Like, in, like, a younger Jacob in 2008, like, absolutely despised him and his voice where it always sounded like he was hoarse. And, like, I couldn't stand listening to him and listening to the the interviews he did. Now it's, like, been removed from that. He's been kind of exposed. And I got to laugh at him for trading first-round pick for Jeff Green, which is kind of the reverse. Like, I don't hate him as much now, which is, like, the reverse of uh, my pick because in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you, like, grow to like this character. And you're like, oh, uh I'm blanking on Chris Pratt's character has a father. Star Lord. Yeah, Star Lord. Peter has Quill. A fa- yeah, has a father figure now, and then you like the big twist comes. So I guess it was kind of reverse with this. Uh, like right away, you hated him, and he thinks he's like this really genius, just like dynasty type of uh, power, and it turned out he was not at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, like, comparable now that you mentioned that. And, like, they both, um, you know, their sons were kind of given more chances than they would have had they not had, like, a superpowered dad. So I think, um, like, ultimately your comparison is a pretty good one. Yeah, and neither of them are particularly close to their sons. <laughs> Although I think Austin has said that in multiple interviews that, like, I mean, not, like, in a bad way, but that just, like, his dad was never around. He was always coaching games. So... He wasn't always particularly close to him. And I could easily see like Peter Quill, 
like giving the technical sign like Austin was at the end of or during the game last year where he wanted the ref to tee up Doc. Like I could see Peter Quill doing that to uh to Ego. I mean, that was basically the finale of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, <laughs> like him doing that. He was giving him a technical and ejecting him from life. So Yeah, I mean, see, this comparison continues to work. Yeah, no, that was that. Yours yours is better than I thought on first glance. I got to give you that. Um, The next person that we had on the list was uh, Bill Russell. And I'll go ahead and start. I went with Hella because, you know, she had a really productive run a long time ago, but ultimately couldn't hold up against the modern game. And I think that's kind of similar to Bill Russell. And, like, you know, he won 11 rings. 900 years ago but you know there are more powerful people that like are in the league now and probably wouldn't be as successful like where he transported into the modern game like she was you know like she went out pretty quickly like she had a nice little run when she caught everyone by surprise but then you know the big fire monster guy just blew up the whole planet and took her out so I think that's like uh that that's where I ended up with Bill Russell I have Hella as a different person later on um I went with Thanos for Bill Russell because he just like I I see Thanos as like the most powerful villain, which I don't think is much of a hot take. And Bill no, Russell, I, th- was- I think that's like actually literally true. Other than maybe like Dormammu in Doctor Strange, you could make an argument yeah. for. Yeah, and I mean Bill Russell was the most powerful villain that the Lakers ever came up against. Um, he and he, got, he picked up a whole lot of gems. Like he collected yeah, but- a lot of them. I was trying to figure out a way to make that. He had a lot of rings slash gems on his hands by the time he was done playing the Lakers. Um, that was just the main kind of tying in point is that I just thought Thanos was the most powerful. And Russell is the guy who probably on this list had the most success against the the Lakers, who I guess in this comparison are the MCU heroes. So um, I went with Thanos, but I have Hella later on. And I, I like the the comparison because – um, I had kind of forgotten about Hela. I need to rewatch uh, Thor Ragnarok. It's been a while since I've watched it, but um, she was really powerful and really did a lot of damage in the the short time she was in the the universe. Yeah, I mean, she's like like there was a reason. Like I think some people thought like that maybe she was going to be the like because she was the god of death and she was so powerful that she was going to be the person that Thanos was courting. Uh, you know, because in the comics he always like courts death. Um, and so like they didn't end up following through with that storyline and I think it made a lot of sense that they gave uh, him some like more I guess not realistic but like just more like understandable motivations for doing what he did um, and making it about population versus making it about like uh, you know like some pursuit of like a some sort of like death god Um, that would have even even for the MCU would have been a little out there so I think the way that they ended up going with it made sense and like you know I think she's a good villain like Ragnarok is probably like it's one of the best Marvel movies it's top three I would say um, mm-hmm. I think her, like her as a villain, has become a little bit overrated just because Kate Blanchett's like performance is so enjoyable. Um, like she's just like you can just tell that she's having a blast with the role, and she just like throws herself into it, and like she was really great, and like set up a lot of the like comedic like good lines and stuff like that, and um, but like ultimately like I think has become overrated as a like I think they're more compelling villains as far as like in the MCU. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I saw um, somebody put her above Killmonger the other day, and, like, that's just blasphemy to me. Like, she's enjoyable, but, like, Killmonger is probably, like, the most complex villain there's been in, like, the Marvel Universe. 
yeah, Killmonger is maybe my favorite. Um, I mean, Hella was really good. I, the powerful part is, I think, where this, uh, where the comparison kind of has the most legs with Bill Russell because he too was very powerful and did a lot of damage to the uh, Lakers during the '60s when he played. Yeah, and and it was a long time ago, just like Hella. Like you know, her best years yes. were like a long time ago, and then she was banished. Um, you know, and Bill Russell retired. Same thing, basically. Um, who did you have next? Honestly, we should just give people the rest of our list so they know who they're waiting. Should we give people the rest of the list so they know who they're waiting around for? Uh, we have, as far as Lakers villains uh, on this list, we have Danny Ainge, Kendrick Perkins, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Larry Bird, Paul Pierce, Jim Buss, and Rajon Rondo. So who did you have for uh, Danny Ainge? This was a tricky one that I had a couple different people and I eventually settled on Mysterio okay um, from homecoming uh or far from home I mean um I I went with that because I mean at one point Danny Ainge did beat the Celt or the Lakers and did have the theoretical glasses and and the power um and then the Lakers came back and just owned him repeatedly and did it embarrassingly and then he got to just kind of expose himself and embarrass himself to the public um, and show that he really wasn't all that powerful and it was all a big facade. So uh, Mysterio is the one I ended up settling on. I think he was like too likable for me to be Danny Ainge. And like, that's fair. I mean, I guess he did fight kind of dirty, but like, I don't know. I feel like that's giving Danny Ainge like almost like too much credit um, for like his plan because even when he lost, he still kind of won. Like he still like beat Spider-Man even though he ended up dying um and like in outing his identity and all that like I um I went with Killmonger for Danny Ainge uh because he kind of hold on hear me out hear me out um he he talks a lot about how many plans and assets he had like Danny Ainge always talk is always talking about his plans and his assets and all this stuff but how big of a threat he is and why he deserves to win but like ultimately like he always loses because he's really unlikable and like that was Killmonger like if he would have just like shown like the Wakandan people like an ounce of compassion somewhat when he took over and not tried to execute his like quote unquote evil plan like the second he took over maybe he could have built up the political capital to like go, go through with it but he just tried to rush things and like force through deals that weren't really there and that he didn't have kind of the um gravitas to pull off and then ended up getting nothing done and was kind of defeated easily in the end i i will say that that is a compelling argument um the problem i have i have killmonger for someone else and i absolutely love the comparison um for one vital point that we'll get to later but i do agree that danny ainge and killmonger both think very highly of themselves and both think that their plan is a genius plan um both did a great job of kind of uh waiting for the right op opportunity and striking whether it was trading every player, Pierce, Garnett, everybody they traded or coming in and fighting uh, Black Panther. But uh, I don't know. That one, it, it's, it's a good comparison. I don't, Danny Ainge was a weird one because, like, I don't know that anyone directly fit him. There was, like, multiple people I went through um, or, like, 
multiple villains that I put with him. And then I was like, eh, I don't really like that and moved on. He's a weird one to try to get because he's just like, I don't, he, I don't even really, like, I dislike him, but I almost don't even see him as like a rival because he's just so like, he hasn't he really it, done anything. constantly. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything. And it's just like, he's been over there just being annoying for a long time. And it's not even really like, to any consequence like they made it to an eastern conference finals one time in a really bad eastern conference and like he's just kind of lived off that and having a whole bunch of assets for a really long time yeah and you know like hey they won the 2008 title but that was only because andrew bynum got hurt and um like so that should have an asterisk next to it honestly and like his his best um the best thing he's done for the lakers is just being good enough to not get fired and continually keeping the celtics like from being like just short of like going banner number 18 well that and he's done a terrific job of talking a big game and never actually doing anything of consequence yeah well like even when he gets good players he kind of pushes them away or like he scares players off like the way that he treats people like it kept anthony davis from coming it made Kyrie leave like all this stuff and you know um that was sort of what killmonger's problem was was he came in started screaming at everybody right away just started he was basically like jerry krausing it like talking about organizations win championships turned everyone against him and um you know like made other stars not want to come there and ultimately like the insurrection kind of finally did him in i'm coming around on it i still i i I still have a a great point as to why i chose killmonger for my guy later but uh i'm coming around on it all right well who did you have then for uh who did you have for kendrick perkins i just literally went with the what i thought was the worst mcu movie and the worst (laughs) and i just went with whiplash from iron man 2 literally no other reason than that was the worst movie and that was the the worst villain and I didn't really care to to uh give Kendrick Perkins any more clout than that no I think I, I hey I think uh a lot of Lakers fans are probably gonna agree with you on that one just for that reason like you know Mickey Rourke like he was having like kind of like he was kind of I think he had just kind of he had just done The Wrestler right when that movie tr- came out so like he had just kind of made like a resurgence in his career and then like wasted it with like the least charismatic villain performance like that wasn't like saddled with 50 pounds of makeup in MCU history. Like he should have been a cool villain. Um, Like, and he just wasn't because he just didn't try. And like, I don't know. I feel like, like Kendrick Perkins, like that's, you know, kind of the amount of like, uh, it's sort of like watching him try to get off one of his hook shots and warmups where he's just bricking it. Yeah. And like, I will say at the time, I don't, even then at Iron Man 2, I don't think anybody envisioned the MCU being anything close to what it was today. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just a a terrible performance. I have a funny story about Iron Man 2. It's only funny in hindsight, but um, when it came out, I was driving to the movie theater and one stop away from the movie theater, uh, there was a, a car in front of me turning left. So I came to a stop and the car, bu- the truck behind us wasn't paying attention and came in and 40 miles an hour ran through my car and through the car in front of me. Um, oh my God. I obviously am okay. I didn't even have any serious injuries. Somehow. Were you the only one in the car? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the person in front of me was fine. Everybody was fine, but being like I this was my freshman year of college so I was like this young like 
this kid thought he was like invincible and everything. And like my car was totaled and I should have went to the hospital. I ended up really only having like really bad whiplash, but adrenaline uh, pumping. Not I'm intended. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, and I had all this adrenaline and a friend I was meeting at the movie theater had, it was close enough. She had walked over to the wreck and they get everything cleared out. And she's like, all right, you want to take me home? I'm like, nah, we're going to go watch the movie. And she's like, what? And I was like, yeah, the movie wouldn't have started yet. Let's just go watch it. And so we got to the theater and my adrenaline was pumping so much. I didn't, I did not remember a single thing that happened in that movie the first time it, it or I watched it. I had to like go back and watch it a second time many, many weeks later to uh, actually grasp what went on. But that's like the only memory I have from, uh, from Iron Man 2 is that it was the massive car wreck that happened before it, which I think is a good analogy of Kendrick Perkins' career. <laughs> My God. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say a good analogy for Iron Man 2. But, you know, honestly, your comparison makes even more sense now. Like that was, you know, uh, maybe like uh, maybe that might have been Mickey Rourke's agent trying to stop you from seeing the movie. Like I can't <laughs> I would, have I wouldn't blame him. a big time like influencer like Jacob Rude of, uh, you know, at the at the time, I assume like fan sided or something like that. Nah, like I wasn't even trashing I was my movie. Nothing. I was on. uh I would have been telling all my uh, friends not to go watch the movie, but yeah, yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. I never met the person that hit me, so maybe it was a uh, a secret identity, and that's what his end goal was: is to stop everybody from seeing that movie. Yeah, he was just driving around, stopping people from seeing Iron Man too. <laughs> exactly. Um, my comparison is uh, not quite so dark. Uh, it was just I went with Crossbones, um, just because like. You know, and this is a similar thing to, like, a lot of these guys, like, as far as, like, you know, like, Kendrick Perkins, like, talks like he is one of, like, the main, like, presences around the NBA and whatever, and, like, has set him up as, like, this really historically relevant figure. I think he averaged, like, four points a game for his career or something like that. Um, and I could be wrong on that. It could be, like, nine or something like that, and I apologize. It, it Kendrick must There's no way it was – I'm looking it up now. There is no way he averaged – nine points in his career for his career he averaged 5.4 points and 5.8 rebounds okay so I didn't quite get but like a guy with those averages should not constantly be on tv just like slamming superstars like I don't know like and, and talking about it like as a former player and like that's your like sole qualification for criticism um like I don't know it's just something about the way that he goes about some of his takes that bothers me um and like you know he he talks about himself like he had this like really like he was this like historic winner and da, 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 da. it's like dude you won one championship as like the fifth starter on that team you were worse than like sophomore rondo um and like i'm not saying like kendrick perkins was like a somewhat valuable part of those teams and he was a decent enough nba player but i don't know i just feel like the way that he talks about himself is a lot more accomplished than like his actual career and i feel like that lines up with crossbones because like they always kind of hint at him like he's going to be like this big villain and this big part of things and whatever when like you know in captain america winter soldier he gets taken out by aaron agent carter like not that you know, like, and it's pretty quickly after he reveals himself to be evil. Um, and then, like, in he, in the first part of Civil War, he gets, like, just kind of wrecked almost immediately in his, like, plot to steal, I think it was, like, an evil gas or nuke or something like that. I don't remember, but just gets, like, 
like tries to take on the entire Avengers team as just crossbones for some reason. And I thought that was a pretty good analogy for like Perk's media career. I will concede that every bit of the comparison you just made is is better than what I made. I just refuse to give him any more credit than the worst villain in the worst movie. No, I think, hey, I think that's totally fair. And like, you know, th- there were not, there were a lot of not great performances in Iron Man 2, but like you definitely chose the worst and least enjoyable <laughs> part of that. It's honestly kind of surprising that they continued the whole like movie franchise and the universe as a whole after that movie because. I mean, I think it, objectively, that's probably the worst movie in the... I think they had already had, like, Aven- like Avengers was already greenlit at that point. I was going to say, they had to... That's why they shoehorned in Black Widow. Like, you know, that's why Hawkeye was shoehorned into Thor. Like, they were clearly building towards Avengers and just didn't want to give those lesser characters, like, their own movie. So they got shoehorned in and kind of, like, minor. Like, you know, they just kind of had to be there for some reason roles um, and stuff like that. Like, that kind of... Stuff like that kind of... Like, it was innovative at the time, but in retrospect, like, given the caliber of cameo and, like, crossover that they've set now, it almost, like, muddles phase one a little bit more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, it, that was just a really bad movie. Like, I've I rewatched it since, and it's just surprising that such a terrific, like, universe and, like, franchise. And Robert Downey Jr., who's, like, awesome as yeah. Iron Man and maybe, like, their best character. Yeah, and it all... Like, all of that came still from just a downright terrible movie. Like, they had to have had a lot of things greenlit and, like, paid for for them not to just cancel. Like, Well, the- and it made a lot of money, I'm sure. So, like, that was probably yeah. part of it, too. But um, we should stop probably talking about Iron Man 2's box office numbers. <laughs> um, as riveting as I'm sure everyone found that discussion. And move on to the next name on our list, who is our final one we'll do before we take a quick break. But um, for Paul George... Um, actually, you know, I'll let you go first again. I I want you to go first. So this is the one that I chose Killmonger for. Okay. Uh, All right. I'm curious to hear your reasoning for this. You laid out a lot of really good reasons. Uh, the big thing for me is Killmonger comes back to Wakanda thinking he's like this savior. Oh, this is good. Everybody's going to embrace him. And then like, he's going to be a fan favorite. And if we just picture Wakanda as Los Angeles, then it's a perfect it's a perfect comparison because Paul George comes back expects everybody in LA to love him and everybody hates him and he's despite kind of, betraying them like once before yeah and despite like blaming them for everything and saying you're the re like you didn't come get me or whatever his Paul George's logic was for not signing with the Lakers. Um, hey, and that was also kind of Killmonger's logic for being mad. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is the this is the one that I li- of mine that I like most. Cause no, it- that's actually really good. I you know what? Like I was pretty proud of my Killmonger one, but I gotta give it to you. This is the better comparison. That's well done. I had not thought of that angle at all. Yeah. So it, once I kind of thought of that and like thought about the coming back part, like it made too much sense. Like they both were identical in the way they just came back to their like quote-unquote homeland and expected to be embraced and were shocked that they weren't no I think uh like there there is like there's a fun game to be played of just having Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger like read Paul George quotes like (laughs) Clippers of um of like they should have came and got me like we're gonna make this a Clippers town and like it would have sounded just as self-aware as like all of his like grand proclamations for how he was going to take over Wakanda as like just himself with no allies 
yeah, it, the, the more fun game would be to take quotes from Killmonger and Paul George and not label them and decide which person said it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's like the same level of self-awareness. Um, although, like, Killmonger, I think, was more of just, like, a liar than, like, just someone who was incapable of, like, maintaining a consistent story. Like, like Paul George just says whatever he thinks that person is going to like and somehow still yeah. is not good at it. Yeah. Paul yeah. George panders to whatever media is in front of him, basically. And, I mean, Killmonger doesn't really do that. He pretty much says exactly what is on his mind, for better or worse. But, um, yeah, I, to me, this was, out of all of my have, this was the strongest uh, connection between the two, I thought. No, that's well done. Um, actually, it makes me feel bad for the for the lack of a uh, thought that I put into mine. Um, and I just went with, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard of a little movie called Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, <laughs> it's one of the more overlooked Marvel movies for sure, um, but still a good one. Um, I ended up going with Ghost just for uh, what Paul George does in the playoffs. <laughs> you, know, you know what I don't blame you a little bit I love it I really wanted to find someone for Ghost because I liked that idea as like a villain but it didn't really fit anywhere but I wasn't thinking enough outside the box this is yeah. just like me picking uh, the worst villain for the worst movie for Kendrick Perkins I mean it, it makes sense That's exactly no, I literally what... was sitting there with like I pulled up list of MCU villains just because like I wanted to have all of them in front of me as I was thinking of these comparisons and I saw Ghost and I'm like oh Paul George like that's uh, easy <laughs> like I don't have to think of anything else beyond that I could just get the cheap laugh just off of that like we're and we're good to go 100% that was 100% worth it. Yeah, so, I've been, I, like you, I was very proud of my Paul George comparison and have been waiting the entire podcast to reveal it. Um, so we are going to stop slandering Paul George. We might slander him a little bit more when we come back, but we're first going to take a quick break before we either continue slandering Paul George and or slander other enemies of the Lakers. All right, so Jacob, next up we have uh, Paul George's Clippers teammate, Kawhi Leonard, who is, you know, I think a more uh, recent addition to the Lakers' villainy lore. Like, he was definitely not someone, like, even up until, like, this summer. He was someone that Lakers fans, like, wanted to join with them. So, like, he's not a perfect comparison to the one that I'm about to make on, like, that specific level, but he is in terms of, like, the recency as a villain. And I went with Thanos for Kawhi Leonard. Um, and it's because, you know, he's one of the strongest, he's like only a recent villain, but he's probably one of, he's probably the most memorable at this point. Um, and he is one of like the strongest villains, you know, that the Lakers have ever faced. And like, I, I think it's fair to say that Kawhi's up there. I don't think that he's like, like, it's not perfect because he's not Thanos level. Like the Lakers have faced better players throughout their history than Kawhi Leonard. Um, but like in terms of recent history, like he's up there for sure. Um, he's also silent a lot, which is like, like Thanos, like most of his appearances were pretty silent up until um, like uh, the most recent two Avengers movies. Uh, and then, you know, they're also similar in the sense of like, not just like talent and like threat level and recency and stuff, but also like, if you really think about it, like Thanos really invented load management. Um, like he, <laughs> up until the most recent Avengers movies would like, he would show up for like five seconds at the like very, very end, uh, like of most of them. And there are like, I think he was in guardians of the galaxy, the first one for like five minutes or something like that. Like, you know, he was very, very limited usage 
um, and like really just like was load managing himself for the playoffs and really like saved up his stamina for that. Um, and then he ended up having success against the super team, which Kawhi, of course, did uh, when he was in the, with the Raptors taking on the Warriors last year in the finals. Uh, and like a limited supporting cast, kind of like Thanos had. Like, you know, they set up those Thanos villains as like it looked like they were pretty threatening at the beginning. But then ultimately, like, you know, uh, like one of them got knocked out of a spaceship by like wind. And then like you know they just weren't ultimately not that like talented of a core and honestly i think the raptors might have been more talented than thanos's supporting cast so um but mostly it was like the load management and the strength thing so that's what i went with i mean the strength thing is definitely fair um the only thing i would say i recently like i think last week rewatched infinity war and endgame um <laughs> i as bad as it sounds Thanos was a great quote, um, although his intentions behind those quotes were often very bad. No, he, he had very memorable lines. He's obviously not a likable guy, but he was very charismatic. Yes, yeah, that's the much better way of saying it. He's very, he was very charismatic, which isn't exactly how I would describe Kawhi. But no, Kawhi, like I said, it's not perfect. Yeah, Kawhi's <laughs> a weird one to try to find a comparison to because he is such a new villain. Um, I mean, I think there's a fair amount of Laker fans who don't even really consider him a villain. Um, yeah, I think that they're probably the less vocal kind or like they're the kind that like, he's not a villain. What have they won over us? Like they're Clippers, yeah. stuff like that. Like it's the, I'm not actually mad, you are mad. Uh, like thing <laughs> um, where like, I, but I do feel that a lot of Lakers fans, especially like, remember in July, like two, like Kawhi was target number, like you know, he was America's most wanted or Lakers nation's most wanted um, at that point. Like after, you know, he almost joined the Lakers and then ended up spurning them and kind of like screwing over their free agency plans at the last second. Like, you know, he really did much like Thanos and infinity war, like deal them a blow on multiple levels. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really hard to find one. The one I ended up going with was Loki. Um, okay. I do not see this one at all. You're going to have to explain this one to me. So, I mean, maybe this is just kind of a personal thing. Like, Loki at times is a likable character, and I don't have a lot of hate towards Kawhi. Um, it, he he kind of goes back and forth between someone who's on your team and against you. Um, at times he's worked with, quote-unquote, with. Like, a lot of Laker fans didn't like the Warriors, and he was the man to dethrone those Warriors. Yeah. But – at the same time, in between that, he was on the Spurs, who the Lakers hate, probably their second biggest rival. And after that, he went to the Clippers, who are probably presently the Lakers' biggest rival. So um, also Loki's like I, – I think he's really powerful, really strong, um, one of the better villains in the universe. Um, maybe not physically strong, but – just kind of his mixture of of charisma. He's a great liar. Um, just everything can blend in. No, hey, and great liar. Like that's a that's a quality like Kawhi possesses as well. Like he really tricked the la- he was the trickster god with them this yeah. season, making them think they had a chance. Yeah, great. I don't know. Loki might be a great leverager. I don't know who Uncle Dennis would be in this uh, in this comparison, but uh, well, yeah, Uncle so- Dennis is the Chitari army, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's not, again, it's not a perfect comparison because I don't really know that there is one for Kawhi. He's kind of a complex one to figure out, but 
that's just kind of the the logic I went with in that I mean sometimes we've we've kind of rooted for Kawhi and other times he's been our biggest villain yeah no I think I honestly you you kind of made me come around because I was just thinking like personality wise like they could not be more different yeah, that, that aspect, it's not great because... Although, like, they would both have as convincing of an argument behind the quote, like, I, like I'm a fun guy, and then, like, <laughs> you know? Because like, both yeah. of them, sit, like, have, I think, equal claim to being a fun guy, at least with, like, their public persona. So, I, I think, like, it, I, you know, I could see it. I, I could kind of see it. Yeah, I mean, from a... Yeah, you're right. From a personality standpoint, they could not be more polar opposites. But, but you know, hey, they can't all be, like, perfect on every level, you know? Um, and, like, that was pretty good. You talked me into it in the end. Um, I... Uh, next, the next one we had was Larry Bird. Um, and this was a difficult one for me until I just went as surface level as possible. And I just went with the, vul- the vulture. He's a bad guy. He's old. Um, might not hold up against like you know modern day players, but he was able to take on like a young Spider Man kind of like early on in his MCU career. So um, that, that's what that's what I ended up going with. I honestly originally this is probably the closest we've been to having the same one because I had the Vulture initially, and I came up with a. I mean, he's a bird. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I came up with a a different person to uh, for the Vulture, a better reason I thought, but. I mean, for Larry Bird, I went with Hella. Um, I mean, you laid out all the reasons with Bill Russell. I mean, um, super powerful, came in, destroyed Asgard, um, battled. I get in this scenario, I guess if Thor is Magic Johnson, they battled one on one. Magic eventually came out ahead, Thor came out ahead. And uh, I mean, it was some great battles. Larry Bird was one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, I mean, yeah, you really laid out all the reasons for why Hella is such a great character when we were talking about Yeah, no, Hella's kind of a perfect one for, like, the older, like, long time ago villain type thing. So, like, I, I, yeah, like, I mean, it's, Larry Bird is, like, you know, even though he wasn't as accomplished as Bill Russell, um, like, still was, like, he was a villain, like, a long time ago and had, he did have some success against the Lakers, although I believe they still uh, were up on him in the finals all time, so. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I went with the uh, the deciding factor that the Lakers win. But yeah, I mean, I had Vulture there initially for all the reasons you said. It was this old kind of redneck guy that was on his uh, his last legs in some sense. And, and he's uh, literally a bird. It's perfect. Yeah, I um, honestly did not even think of that aspect of it, or I might oh. not have changed it. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if Larry Bird, like, was going to, like, develop, like, a super suit, like, it would definitely be something to, like, like, if Larry Bird just decided to go full villain and start attacking Los Angeles, literally, like, with, and just pour his billions into making a super suit, like, it would probably be something like what the Vulture came up with. Yeah, exactly. And like, like, when Magic beats you in the finals too many times, so you have to resort to super villainy. Yeah, sure. Let's and also, like, things. the wings, like, they could hide perfectly in his back brace. So, like, it would be, uh, you know, it would work on a lot of levels. Yeah, exactly. And see, I didn't put that much thought into it when I put the vulture there. But, uh, yeah, it all works. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm, I talked a lot for that one. So, I'm going to let you go first on the next one. Who did you have for Paul Pierce? This is who I went with for the vulture. Okay. All right. I like. I mean, I like it just on the like, just calling him a vulture. Like, I think that's like uh, right off the bat. You're on like you're off to a strong start. Yeah. It's a uh, just from that aspect alone, it's great. Um, so the vulture was kind of 
spurned by Tony Stark, and that's why he kind of went evil and started becoming this terrible guy. So uh, I went with Paul Pierce because he grew up a Laker fan and got kind of spurned by the Lakers, maybe indirectly, went to the Celtics and became this huge villain. Um, and I, I mean, he kind of wanted this farewell tour at the end of his career that never came, much like Paul Pierce's farewell tour never came. Draymond Green made sure to remind him that uh, they don't love you like that. And uh, so, yeah, the bit, the spurning was a big thing that just tied the two together because that was kind of the genesis of why the Vulture became this evil villain. And I mean, Paul Pierce has been open. I, I still remember we when we recently rewatched the 08 finals that literally during the 2008 final or excuse me, the 2010 finals, Paul Pierce during game seven had an interview where he said he grew up absolutely loving the Lakers. And I'm like, can you not read the room? Like maybe don't say that right now. And this, no, I mean, honestly, I respect the honesty from him there to like, not be like, you know, like at least like, unlike Paul George, where he's like, no, I grew up a Clippers fan, but also a Kobe fan. It's like, no, you're just pandering. Like, yes. yeah. Like Paul Pierce, like, Hey, I, I respect that he was willing to admit that. Um, I, and also like, it's a good comparison from the sense of like, you know, like the bird wings are kind of like the wheelchair of superpowers. So like, it kind of works on that level too. See, I tried really hard to get some type of, like, wheelchair joke in there. Um, maybe I just overthought it because that was a good one that I didn't think of. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think what helps is that I, I approached mine from, like, I basically, like, tried to think of, like, two qualities that each of these people had and then, like, tried to think of an MCU villain to fit. And for Paul Pierce, I was ultimately not able to do it. I lied, and I forgot that I lied um, at, the, at the beginning. So, again, like, direct all complaints to at Rad Rebus on Twitter. <laughs> um, but, like, I did not make all of my comparisons in the MCU or make all of them villains. Uh, for, although, actually, this character is sometimes somewhat villainous, uh, but they are a Marvel comic books character, although they have appeared in movies. And uh, I just went with Professor X for Paul Pierce. Oh, well, I mean, okay. I can, I can, I can see why you would include him. I mean, Professor X has went evil at times. Like sometimes he's, you know, he also sends children into battle, uh, like, you know, <laughs> without like going himself. So like, that's kind of evil if you really think about it. Um, so like Professor X, not a perfect person. Um, and I, I basically, I just wanted to make a Paul Pierce wheelchair joke, which I think is allowed because he didn't actually need it. Like I obviously would not make that if he needed a wheelchair. Well, he needed it because he pooped his pants. Yeah, exactly. He faked pooping his pants and got a wheelchair. So, like, this is not like a this is not like a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, you know, like it was like a best actor performance from him. So, like, good for him. Uh, <laughs> who did you go with for Jim Bus as we round out the final two of these? I'm gonna have to have you go first because I just realized as we're reading this that I didn't actually end up picking anybody for Jim. Oh Bus. my god! <laughs> our level of uh, our level of preparation every week on can you dig it is uh, truly incredible, Jacob. I can tell you originally I had Hella because they're tech. He was technically related, and there was like a relation joke, and he heard us from the end. Oh, talk. okay, all right, uh, all right. That one's that one's all right. Um, but yeah, obviously I already chose Hella, and I never picked anybody for Jim Bus. <laughs> I mean, for honestly, forgetting about Jim Buss is kind of like the most accurate way that you can do it now because I feel like like two or three years ago, Jim Buss was a huge Lakers villain, um, but like now he's not. And I think that that's kind of similar to how it seemed like this character would be, at least when the trailer 
Avengers came out, like they seemed like this like brilliant mastermind and they were going to maybe be like a recurring villain and they were going to be kind of important to the movie, but then, you know, ultimately just weren't. And that's why I went with the MCU version of the Mandarin. Um, like ultimately Jim Buss was like a not particularly bright or qualified patsy um, for like what, like, you know, Jeannie Buss just kind of set him up like, basically like allowed him to fail immediately ousted him in a coup and then he was never heard from again and like so that she could like justify you know like I can take over the Lakers now uh even though like my dad put him in charge at first and like look I'm not arguing like Jim Buss was wronged or something I just I don't think that he set himself up for success either and like Jeannie kind of like played him like a fiddle much like Aldrich Killian played the Mandarin and so um you know I thought that Mandarin MCU version even though I think in a in the the next uh one one of the next like upcoming like phase four or phase five movies they're gonna actually bring in like the real mandarin and not you know the trevor slattery version but um you know i'm talking about the one from iron man three yeah hopefully that's where your comparison ends and they don't bring back jim bus in any kind of capacity in the future uh, only one person can come up with the plan to uh get that he he's uh, maybe uh, imagine if they made him like the what what did shams call it like the practice that like the facility sanitation coordinator oh imagine if Jeannie, like but jim you can come back but you got to clean the facility that would be him he would have to have Chaz as his uh custodial helper yes um i yeah i like the the comparison i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have went there but that it, it was a great comparison because yeah, I mean, we've we've kind of forgotten how much we hated Jim Buss and how big of a villain it felt like he'd ruined everything and then um, got shipped off. He'd destroyed the the cat book, and then he was, in, I guess, indirectly the reason we had to get rid of D'Angelo Russell and all those things. And now a few few years later, we're like, oh yeah, remember when we used to hate Jim Buss? So yeah, I like the I like the comparison. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, really, when you think about it, like, Ultron was the result of all of that stuff, because, like, Tony Stark decided he needed to get out of this and, like, automate superheroism and whatever, and so, like, that ended up creating Ultron down the road, which is, like, you know, we didn't originally plan on doing this one, but I think that makes Luol Deng's cap hold Ultron. (laughs) <laughs> See, when you were kind of describing it, I thought Ultron is where you were going to go originally. So Honestly, Ultron, I came very close to going with Ultron for Kawhi for obvious reasons, but it just <laughs> felt like it felt too easy and also simultaneously not perfect. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, the lasting legacy of Jim Buss for the next, I don't know how many years Luol Deng is going to be on the books, but for however in the next many years will be uh, Luol Deng's salary cap hold on a five million dollar cap hold on our books that'll be our ultron for the foreseeable future yeah and then maybe that's why the lakers like you know i'm just this is just speculating and mostly joking here but maybe that's why they requested that loan just to make sure that like they could hit luol dang's like checks and whatever so it's kind of like the mcu where like you know mandarin ultimately led to ultron which ultimately led to baron zemo and the sokovia accord so like i think jim bus led to luol dang's cap hold which vis-a-vis we can just like you know we could just say this i think like led to you know the the loan request that made the lakers look bad down the road and kind of like you know the baron zemo made the heroes look bad so this really works i'm actually i'm talking myself even more into this one yeah you've talked me well into it i i'd like to imagine now that the lakers made the loan request solely with the intention of buying off the rest of Luol Deng's contract and then were told by the league. Honestly, that is the most defensible reason, I think. Like more, that is more defensible than anything you could tell me that they were doing was they just didn't want to pay Luol Deng out of their own money. 
Yeah. So they tried to take the loan, tried to pay them off, you know, use a little stimulus money to, to help uh, clear your finances. And we're told by the league that wouldn't work. And they're like, well, I guess we got to, we just should just give it back now. There's no reason to have it. Yeah. I think this is, this is actually tremendous fanfic that we, Christian Rebus <laughs> and Pickup Rude just wrote. Um, uh, okay. So I guess who did you, I'll let you go first then for, uh, for our final one, Rajon Rondo. This one felt pretty obvious. Uh, I went with Bucky. Oh, okay. All right. I, okay. I can kind of see this one. All right. Explain it. So early on, Bucky is the villain. I guess even though he's uh, best friends with one of the heroes of the Marvel Universe, uh, Captain America, um, him and Kobe, Kobe and Rondo were friends, um, but he's still the villain. Um, and then eventually comes and joins the Marvel Universe and uh, becomes one of them, as Rondo eventually did last season, join the team, becomes uh, a member of the Lakers. So to me, uh, this felt like the most obvious one. I, I still don't. In- he was in- also more intimidating as a villain than he was as a hero, which also kind of yeah. worked you know, with Rondo because the Lakers didn't ultimately end up getting the best version of him. Yeah. And I still, with Bucky, I still don't completely trust him probably because of just how powerful he was as a villain. And I feel the same way towards Rondo. I, well, for different reasons, I don't completely trust Rondo because he's just bad now. And I'm afraid he's going to do something really bad every time he touches the ball, but uh, there's a lack of trust there for different reasons as well. So to me, this one was, the easiest one. I think it was the first one I wrote down once I wrote out my list of Lakers uh, villains. Yeah, so I think that we went with the same reasons for different character comparisons, which is interesting. I mean, this all really just shows like how differently all of us view these like same movies and like how many different takeaways and like how, you know, they're not the most nuanced films ever, but they're pretty nuanced for superhero movies. And like, especially in consideration with what we got in the past. And um, like, it just like the breadth of like, and the different ways to interpret these characters. But um, for Rondo, I went with Nebula um, for similar reasons that you did. Like she starts out as a villain uh, who then sort of becomes a hero. But like by the time that she was a hero, she really wasn't all of that valuable and kind of shot the heroes in the foot repeatedly. Um, with her present just by like being there like you know like Rondo coming into games and killing a lead is sort of like the heroes figuring out time travel and only getting caught because Nebula's brain connected to the Wi-Fi in the past Um, like (laughs) you know what I mean like I think that um, I I think I think it kind of like it's not through like she was not through malicious intent sabotaging them but it's just like she was not cut out for the mission basically and ended up like almost destroying the whole universe again just by her mere presence and so that's kind of how Rondo is checking into the games now yeah I mean Nebula was put into that position because there was nobody else left they'd snapped away half of the uh Marvel universe and so they needed somebody to uh to be there basically and just not screw things up yeah they're like well we can't take captain like captain marvel i guess is alex caruso in this uh analogy (laughs) they're like well why would we bring her to the past she's too powerful uh we'll just have her defend aliens in space or you know reasons even though this is time travel and we're going to come back to the same moment um you know yeah like like alex caruso is captain marvel here i think yeah that was important to point that out but yeah i mean just by being there not through really any fault of her own uh she screwed up the entirety of their plan and nearly 
cause the entire uh, time travel plan to not work. And so, yeah, I like that comparison. It's great because Rondo, I mean, really shouldn't be in the position he's in, but the Lakers don't have any other options. And because he's keeps being put in that position, um, he keeps screwing up through no fault of his own. Really. Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of there because he's friends with people on the team and that's kind of how Nebula ended up doing. Like, you know, she was Iron Man's only friend. She was, she was his Wilson in space. And uh, like, that's how <laughs> like they, you know, she ended up on the team and that was kind of Rondo for AD in new Orleans. So it kind of works out. I love that. That's the best comparison out of all of this. We've made all day. <laughs> uh, Nebula was Iron Man's Wilson. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he basically treats her like she's Wilson, like she's just someone yeah. that's kind of there, like, he's not, like, particularly nice to her, um, or, like, charitable in the way that he described her, like, trying to basically teach her how to be a human being, it was a very strange, like, dynamic. He taught her how to play finger football or paper yeah. football or whatever it was. They yeah, bonded. exactly, that was something that Tom Hanks would have done with Wilson, so. <laughs> yeah, that was in the deleted scenes of uh, Tom Hanks showing Wilson how to play uh paper finger football whatever it's called on the beach Um, yeah the fun fact him screaming wilson is originally him just being frustrated with uh him not getting the rules to uh like you know uh finger football yeah understandable it's a very difficult game (laughs) especially for a volleyball to play um exactly did you have any characters like when we were coming up with this i know that we were batting around various guys in slack like that you would have wanted to make comparisons to that we didn't hit already I mean, <laughs> there were. I didn't think too many. I mean, like we we said Byron. Um, I don't know who you would compare him to, though, because it would have to be somebody that was really good for you, and then like that would almost. Well, I was gonna say Nebula, but um, you could kind of make a comparison there. But I don't know. Byron was one of them. I can't remember all of them that we uh, we put in our Slack. I think you jokingly said Magic for his. Uh, gm tenure <laughs> but yeah, just uh, just for the executive tenure to be clear yeah yeah but those would have been kind of hard to do comparisons to because it'd have to be people that were on your side initially and then like unknowingly betrayed you i guess both of those could almost be nebula okay no i think i have byron all right here here's byron um byron is nick fury because he started out, you know, obviously as like a, a hero, like we see him early on in Captain Marvel, like yeah, like young Nick Fury was kind of a force to be reckoned with. Like he was, uh, you know, he was important and powerful and good. Um, and then like old Nick Fury kind of like wasn't paying close enough attention and allowed Hydra to fester and tank shield. And that was kind of like Byron's coaching tenure. Uh, you just included Byron with uh, letting Hydra form. So um <clears throat> I mean, I guess that, that would was probably... the same thing as playing Ryan Kelly at small forward, basically. Yeah, I was going to say that is D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle sitting on the bench is the same as letting Hydra form under your command. Yeah, I think that I think that works. Um, the the other one that we were gonna put, we were originally thinking of a bit where we just quickly named like comparisons for all of the Celtics, and I was just I was just gonna compare Gordon Hayward to Red Skull, but we don't need to go further than that. <laughs> exactly there, uh, there, there's also not many celtics i dislike i know that i will wow oh man jacob I like got, the current, that for you well the the current celtics there's too many like there's a couple duke guys and like gordon hayward's from indiana i watch him in college like i don't dislike a lot of them all right well can you just na- can you just slander like the celtics franchise at least once so that i don't have to cut this whole segment 
uh, Danny Ainge is a coward who will never trade a draft pick. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. All right. I think we just saved it. I just didn't want you to have to just get, like get destroyed on Twitter after we, I think put together a pretty fun podcast um, and then just have you like ruin it for yourself right there at the end, kind of like Nebula and the, uh, you know, the Avengers plan. Um, but that, I guess, I, I think that'll do it for, can you dig it this week? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and be sure any complaints you guys have about our comparisons, direct them to, uh, to Christian at Rad Revis. Yeah, no, I am happy to take them on. So, like, you can find me on Twitter at Rad Rivas. Uh, you can find Jacob at, at Jacob Rude. Um, and just, you know, let us know in the comments. Let us know, uh, let us know in mentions what, what comparisons did you like, what comparisons didn't you like, which people would you have wanted to take a shot at, and who would you have, uh, like, compared them to, like, what villains did we miss? Uh, you know, obviously, this is not a complete list of all the villains in Lakers franchise history, but um, we tried to put together a fun list of current ones for the team, like a mixture of past and present. And, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with this. And Jacob, every week I have fun podcasting here with you on Can You Dig It? Thank you for being a, a weekly guest on this show and uh, saving me from my uh, isolation and quarantine. How dare you call me a guest? I'm the host that this show needs. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be back next week. So the, anyway, this is Christian uh, signing off for uh, the latest episode of Can You Dig It? And we will talk to you guys next week.